Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be back today with another episode. In today's episode, I am joined by two really awesome guests. Sarah and Scott from Astro Detectives Podcast. How are you guys today? Doing great. You look at my chart and tell me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so maybe I should let everybody know we have a skeptic on the podcast episode today, and it's Scott. <laughs> I've, I've got to represent for my skeptics out there. <laughs> well, it. I'm sure they're grateful. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I wonder. I'm like, I wonder if there are skeptics that listen to this. I mean, that would be very interesting, but it would be cool to see. So what did did you say that your husband's a skeptic? Does he listen? is? And you know what? I'm really excited to talk about your chart, Scott, because I see <laughs> some similarities. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I met Sarah and Scott through an astrology face group where I pretty much saw that they were looking for people to come onto their podcast to do a really cool, in my opinion, idea, which is basically they take two charts without knowing like who owns the chart and then and Sarah tries to guess the correct chart. Explain it more because you you guys do that. So explain it more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, a couple of years ago, got into studying astrology officially. I've, I've always been interested in it, but I got into studying it. And as one does, you get really excited and you want to read all your friends' charts and tell your friends, oh my God, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> this your charts are you and so you know scott being a longtime good friend of mine you know and a, a great sport would you know listen to me go on for hours about you know astrology and human design scott do you want to jump in <laughs> like you never really you always humored me but you never really um you're a skeptic which we respect. It was actually, I think, your idea to do this podcast because you are a podcaster and you love having a good debate. Yeah, I like getting people together and having long-form conversations where you're not worried about ad breaks, even though, strangely enough, we build ad breaks into our show and someday <laughs> we'll use them. But, you know, where it's not condensed down into little sound bites where you can talk to somebody and really let them explain why they believe what they believe. And this is such a great format for that with what you're doing too. And so we decided, okay, Sarah, you really deeply believe in astrology. And the way that she would describe it is, you know, she could tell such detail about a person by looking at their chart and almost to where like she would say, you should be like not showing other people your chart because you're revealing too much information. You don't, my friends don't realize how much information they're giving me when they give me their charts. And so, of course, when I hear that, I'm like, well, let's put it to the test. I love data. I love studying, you know, let's see what, what we can find out about this. And when you look at two different charts and you're talking to someone, if you're getting that much information from the chart, you should be able to pinpoint which one of these charts you're talking to, which one belongs to this person in front of you. Yeah. And, and very arrogantly, I was like, absolutely, I can do it 100%. <laughs> and I'll get them all right. <laughs> oh, at the beginning, we were going to do three charts, and she would have to choose the guests out of the three charts. And then I was going to throw in a celebrity chart in there. And she was not only going to guess which one is the celebrity chart, she was going to name the celebrity that it belonged to. Wow. <laughs> 
I forgot about all that, but yeah, in hindsight, that seems kind of like a tall order and uh, it's definitely not what I was ready for. So, but yeah, I, I was just, you know, I, I did have a little bit of imposter syndrome, but it was just exciting. And, you know, I, I always wanted to do a podcast with Scott because he's done many different, you know, podcasts, but we never had a topic that we really needed you know, to turn into a podcast until now. And so basically, yeah, we settled on doing two charts, which he generates, he uses like a randomizer to pick the other date. And yeah, and so then he would find someone to come on and and it's hard, because we have a lot of mutual friends, because we're very close and have a a big group of friends, but I have all of their charts. So we can't (laughs) have any of them on. And I know, like, you know, some of his family too. And so it's like, and I just have this photographic memory for a chart or like a Zodiac sign or something like, I just like, I see people as their chart. And so there were so many people we had to eliminate (laughs) from this process. And so we were like, you know, Scott had to like get some of his coworkers to come on. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was definitely more challenging than I thought it was going to be because I I've only been studying this a couple years and as you know it, it it's it's a lot of information to take in and you really have to just you can't just like read a book and now you're an astrologer yeah you, no. ha- you, ha- you have to get the practice in and the but hours it, and, in. and that's why I really love your podcast idea because I think it's such a great way to really practice and get that like hands-on experience even as a listener, right? Because you make it so that people can play along. So if anybody listening is really into astrology and you want like practice, I feel like listening to their podcast is a great way to do so because you can kind of play along and see what you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I hope that people, astrologers especially, will be really excited about it because you can go to our website astrodetectivespod.com and we put post all the charts there and now I'm trying to get them all posted and I, I use whole sign but I know a lot of people use placidus so I'm trying to post them in both and and the reason that we're not just giving the birth details out is because we want to protect people's privacy they, they are sharing a lot of intimate yeah definitely. <laughs> details about themselves but but yeah so we started going through this and I would you know Scott's prediction is that I would be about 50% accurate right Scott well yeah if you're if you got two options option a and b a coin flip would say you're going to be about 50% choosing between them you know if you choose a the whole time or b the whole time you're going to be about 50 50 and so just pure chance would be starting at 50% and then we were saying okay where how high would astrology need to be for it to be making a difference and say it actually is having an influence on you know picking the right chart and so we kind of just settled on over 80 percent like i was thinking with with some of the predictions going on early on you know a hundred percent but you know what if the birth dad is wrong or what if what if whatever so yeah 90 no but above 80 if it's above 80 i'll be impressed and astrology can can gloat a little bit <laughs> not impressed yet you're still working on getting there Right, we're at fit, we're at my prediction, so I'm loving it. 
I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would encourage everybody to go and test themselves. We purposely don't give you the answer until the end. You got the charts and you can take the exact same test that Sarah is doing live on the air without the pressure of being live on a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, just see yourself. I, I, I encourage people to have astrology prove or debunk itself in front of you. Absolutely. I mean, and I had the pleasure of being one of the guest astrologers on there and that was so fun. So you guys can also go listen to that episode, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you were like our first guest when we incorporated guest astrologers, I think, because so what happened was I, I, Sarah on her own was not doing too hot. <laughs> I think it was my average was around 20. It was dropping down into the 20%. And I was questioning myself. I, I wasn't questioning the astrology. I could, of course, see it in hindsight, which I know doesn't, you know, just only proves <laughs> to the skeptic that, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I feel like I really need help because I was just getting overwhelmed. There's a lot of variables, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. Scott does a great job pulling the charts and he tries to make sure that they have like a different big three, but there's a lot of other elements that could overlap. Like somebody in one chart could have a, one chart could have a, a Scorpio stellium and the other chart could have like Ludo in the first house, oh, which yeah. is associated. Even, with even like the episode that you tried to guess my chart, I was telling you how with Placidus, it was so like, there was so much overlap with the chart that wasn't mine that was given to you, which is why I could see like how that could get confusing. Yeah, there's so many variables for sure. Yeah. And so I I was just getting frustrated by that. Uh, so we, we talked about it and we decided to, that it would be good to maybe have some other astrologers come on the show and, and weigh in and help out. And that ended up just making the show, I think, even better and so every week we have a different guest and we have a different guest astrologer and so I think it just yeah it, it adds so much more chemistry to everything yeah, and I, I think that. it's been going really good and then I kind of realized oh my gosh I'm getting to meet all these astrologers I'm networking this is incredible and I'm learning from each astrologer I work with I learned from you you taught me stuff about I think the nodes in Chiron that I, I was you know taught me to pay attention to that more and so yeah now I feel like we just recorded episode 23 I think 23 or 24 um, 23 yeah okay yeah and so yeah and now things are starting to turn around <laughs> for Ooh, sure welcome. we've got a we've got a long road ahead in order to get to that 80 you have a lot of pressure on your back yeah. like the fate of astrology being proven right is on your back right now <laughs> well it can be on anyone's back you know listen to the interview and if you at home think that you're a better astrologer than sarah or whoever the guest astrologer is you can listen to the interview with the guest and look at the two charts and see how obvious it is that one of these charts fits that guest yeah it's it's really fun it's a lot of fun i love listening and playing along think yeah and when you came on i think that was episode 17 you were our guest and then i think it was the like one, yeah. tw episode 20 after yeah 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 with fernando <laughs> that was a great episode. that was fun yeah he was great yeah so we're just having we're having a really good time doing it and you know we're at a, a stage where i i kind of did the math and i was like okay if we get 17 or 18 more right in a row <laughs> which you know i try not to think about that uh, try, try to just think about the 
went ahead. But yeah, I mean, it's exciting. It's it's kind of become my focus now. I, I'm loving it so much. And it's really helping me learn astrology. And I, I just passionate about other astrologers finding it because one thing that I've found a little disappointing in all the classes I've taken and classes that I've talked to talk to other people who take classes and stuff or just going on YouTube there's not enough like demonstration out there you know mm-hmm. like reading mm-hmm. demonstration and I wish that there was more of that oh, because yeah, yeah like it, you pick up so much more from actually watching a live reading take place and mm-hmm. I think Maybe, I don't know if astrologers are afraid, like I don't want anyone to steal my recipe or something, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think, I wish there was more of that out there. And I hope that our podcast helps a little bit with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely agree. I find that I have learned so much more from studying charts of friends and family and stuff rather than just reading a book. I don't know why, but it's like, I also kind of mix an intuitive I know a lot of people are kind of against the whole intuitive astrology thing, but I kind of have that energy to what I, how I read as well, the charts. And that also really has been so helpful. But yeah, I think the hands-on experience and seeing it and like watching people do the one-on-one, I think is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I, you know, I want to incorporate, I don't know if I'll teach it one day. I'm still just trying to learn it myself, but I have done teaching in past careers and so if I if I get to that level I would definitely make it a point to incorporate demonstrations because I just think it's so valuable to well, yeah ed, uh, you know education and looking at your chart like because when I was looking at both of like your chart and Scott's chart I was like okay so what stands out as to like why she's so into it and he's so not into it and well I am into it. You are I, into I wanna, it. Like, I uh, am like so interested in it. Yeah. You kind of want to like, learn more, essentially, about it before you really are like, okay, I can get, like, fully on board. Yeah, there's a distinction, but I definitely like investigating it a lot. Oh, Enough yeah, to do that, like, all of these oh, podcast episodes you know what, with Sarah. We have a, a shared interest. We are both Virgo Risings, right? And I love the investigation, like aspect as well and our third house is ruled by scorpio so that makes so much sense as to why you're so like into the investigation like side of it and really in depth and like wanting to like discuss about it and just speaking for scott (laughs) for scott's chart um he's got his (laughs) his moon and his north node are in the whole sign 12 house Mm -hmm. so that's usually an indication of someone who is really in this life meant to really be interested and explore and head you know go towards the 12 house topics which are you know spirituality retreating into meditation which scott loves these things you know well Um, and you know what's interesting and to really like this is where the struggle is coming in I think you have, and here's Chiron, right? Chiron coming up. You have, Scott, you have Chiron in the ninth house of like belief systems and it's square your North node and your moon in Leo in the 12th house. So that tension right there, making you struggle a little bit with like being open to different perspectives and belief systems. And like- I think I am open to other belief systems. (laughs) 
No, I like think- I meant, I meant like that's I think where the skepticism comes in, and that and what I was gonna say is my husband has the same exact Chiron placement, and he doesn't like it took him a lot to get on board with astrology. Is he on board now? He is slowly coming around, but not like completely i think he's more like you like you're coming around to it and you're like open to it now and like you're really like interested in like learning more at least that's what it seems like but maybe i'm wrong there's a difference between being more interested in it and believing it more i'm fascinated by how it's written that so many different placements can fit a person that really if you if you looked at 10 charts and were told separately that each one was your chart yeah you could find a way to make it fit I say. So I am that fascinates me that you could feel like it's so individualistic that it's just talking about you, but also 10 others could feel that same way. And other people looking at your chart could feel that way about your chart. Mm. And to me, that is that is more than interesting. Like I, I love studying that. Do I be, but that doesn't mean that I believe that your chart is individualistic, you know, to you and says specific things that are true yeah. about you and not other people. That's where that, that aspect comes in, that moon, moon, north node, square Chiron in the ninth house. Well, what I will say is, you know, um, in modern times, you know, last many decades of psychological kind of, you know, modern astrology is more psychological. Mm. And so I think a lot of people feel like astrology, that's all astrology can do is just tell you about your personality. But what I really started, you know, what what really got my attention is when it can actually describe the physical, actual manifestations or things that are actually happening in your life that aren't just your personality, but, you know, that you for example, maybe had a really rough relationship with your parents or, you know, something like that, or you had not just rough, but like it can specifically point to was there abuse or neglect or, you know, those kind of conditions, yeah. um, you know, or was there some freak accident where someone, you know, like a parent died or, you know, it's like, usually that stuff is like in the chart mm-hmm. and, and the transits are backing that up as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, But I will say, I, the thing about astrology is you have to <laughs> learn, there's so much to learn about it because if you don't know anything about it and you're just looking at it, it's very it's like, what does any of this mean? But I, I just want to say, like, on Scott's behalf, or that I think skepticism is a sign of intelligence, and I think you should be skeptical about it. And I think a lot of skeptics get into astrology oh, to, yeah. see, oh, to, yeah. see, to see if it actually is working or not. And so I do commend you, Scott, for being Absolutely. interested enough in it to conduct this experiment. So I, I appreciate that. In my well, opinion, I, we don't have enough skeptics out there. We need more. Amen. <laughs> Let's get some skeptics on the line. <laughs> Let's get some <laughs> yeah, we really like, so in order to like get a influx of guests coming on the show, I posted in a couple of different Facebook groups. And the first one I posted in happen to be like an astrology group so a lot of our guests have been astrology you know curious and then that probably feels so lonely <laughs> yeah well it's not just that i i don't mind being surrounded by astrologists or astrologers astrologist astrologers. astrologers yeah um it's that it might 
sort of like skew the results a little bit. If they know a lot about their sign and their birth chart, then they're going to speak in ways that reflect that. Like if they really, if they find and identify with these traits that are known for these certain placements, yeah. the way that they describe themselves are going to describe those placements. So not so much that I, you know, discount anyone with an astrology background from being on the show, but I definitely prefer if someone doesn't know much about their yeah, sign or yeah, their definitely. chart at all. So they're just speaking from the heart and then that should show up in their chart yeah definitely hmm. I wonder now I'm like where could you guys post about it where there wouldn't be like so many astrologers it's yeah. tough because there's astrologers everywhere you could post in a football uh chat room or something and the the football fans who like astrology are gonna say "Ooh, I'm gonna go to that post that sounds great I want to be on this astrology podcast it's gonna find all the astrology fans in every community I know a lot of football players that use it I think to like help them look at like the energies of what the game is going to be oh that's interesting yeah like their transit and then the chart for the game itself can tell you a lot it's very interesting okay so sky like let's just say <laughs> let me give you a scenario astrology is astrology turns out to be real how what would you use it for something what like if astrology is real how would you want to use it Oh, I would use it to do more self-reflection and learn more about myself. And if there were predictive qualities in it, well, I mean, I would be able to pick the perfect career that just is comes so easily to me. And I'm greeted with almost nothing but success, you know, just because I can see that in front of me and avoid the roadblocks I can avoid. And I would, if there are other predictive qualities, I would sure try and make some money and some profit off of that too. Yeah, if astrology was real, it would be awesome. That's why I'm not against it <laughs> being real. I just don't believe that it is. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that. Have you ever had a natal chart reading done? I think so. You didn't... did. Yeah, by yeah. one of one of the astrologers on the show gave him oh, a reading. He didn't like break down like any potential like, career paths and things like that. Yeah, they the way that a reading happens. I mean, I don't know. We don't want to get too far in the weeds of why someone is skeptical, but it's very much reading a person and kind of offering statements that are very agreeable. And so like, hey, do you find that sometimes you're a little bit introverted or extroverted in these situations? Or sometimes do you find challenges with your friends or challenges at work? It's like things that everybody can relate to. Mm. And in a reading, it's a format where you're really it's, I think it can be beneficial to a person because you're having them think about those questions and you're pulling information out. But I don't think it's specifically giving you your chart says you need to be in radio or your chart says you need to be in uh, an athlete. So the way that I love to do my, my needle chart readings is I actually do like in-depth written ones. And I go over like every aspect and area of each person's life and like what I see between like the aspects. And like, for example, if somebody has like your second house is finances, right? So you're a Virgo. So second house is ruled by Libra. So then you would also want to see like take a look at Venus in your chart and then like how that's aspected. And I break that all down and kind of give like potential career paths that you can possibly make money or possibly like succeed in. And then also I do the reflection journal 
prompts to go alongside any of the difficult aspects that you might have in your chart. I find having like written in depth where a person can sit and read it and reflect on it a few different times instead of that one-on-one reading, I feel like gives a lot more information for somebody to take in, but also can be information overload. So I guess it really depends on the person because sometimes it's so much to read that it's like, whoa, like this just unlocked a lot for me, like when it comes to wounds and how Sarah was saying, like you can see trauma in a chart which can be very triggering for a lot of people to read back when they get that reading done. But I'm just interested if you had a different style of a reading done, if maybe it would be more helpful. Yeah, I mean, he had, um, he actually, it was like a classmate of mine that read his chart to him. But yeah, I, I don't know, like, maybe we should have some like a, a professional come on and give you a reading. That would be interesting. That'd be really interesting. Someone who doesn't even know you. Yeah, doesn't have, like, to... can't be skewed at all and can just go and like really get in there. Bonus episode. Bonus episode. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, I will I will say the one thing about astrology is like you do this is why I think people one reason I think people can be very skeptical of it is you do have to put it in the context of someone's life you know so you can see the energies and what ingredients people are working with but you might not know specifically you know someone could have um you know Mars and Aries in the 10th but you you don't know um how they're using that specifically but you know that they're using that in some way oh yeah Like, for example, you have Uranus in your 10th house, which makes a lot of sense as to why you're so drawn towards like astrology in your public life. You're you're like pursuing it, which is really cool. I feel like that that planet in the 10th house can kind of indicate that or just something unique or not typically common to do for a career path. Yeah. Uranus there, my Scorpio moon, my packed eighth house. (laughs) Your packed eighth house. Which makes so much sense, especially with your North Node there, that you're very drawn to topics like this. I do think it's interesting. um, A lot of the astrologers that we've had come on the show, including a lot of the guests that have come from the astrology groups, we've had an overwhelming number of eighth house suns or stelliums, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So Scott, do you know like enough about your chart to kind of like mention a placement that you feel like you kind of resonate with or no? Because I was going to ask. Oh, no. All I know is that anytime, well, Sarah will consistently say, oh, that's so you because of, and then she'll mention some placement in my chart. So she'll say like, oh, that's so Aquarius. Oh, that's so (laughs) Virgo rising, right? I'm Virgo rising. Yeah. Hey, you know that. That's so, that's your Leo moon doing its thing. That's so funny. And one time we tried to break down the difference between the moon and the sun because I I was curious. I was like, okay, Sarah, we something that you may have noticed um, is that uh, we have opposite sun and rising. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Virgo rising. Sarah's a Virgo sun. I'm an Aquarius, and Sarah, you're an Aquarius rising. God, I am so proud of you. Wow. Yeah, so like, wow, I taught you so well. I get a certificate now. Yeah, you do. Been with an asterisk on it. It's like, still doesn't believe, but knows more than he did last year. So yeah. I'm like, I was trying to break down, okay, what's the difference between having a Virgo here versus a Virgo here? Because every time we get into the conversations, it's always like, well, Virgo is this. So if the person has any 
any traits related to that, well, that's because you have a Virgo whatever. And I'm like, well, it has to be specific to the fact that it's rising or it's moon or it's sun. They can't all be just sort of like, I'm getting Virgo energy. You yeah. Know? yeah it's, no. it's hard. I know that there are explanations for that, but as we were getting into the details, like Sarah, how does that relate to you differently than it relates to me? because of that placement. Yeah, which I, I think is, because astrology is a, a system and every element has a function. And so, you know, when you're, when you're just talking to someone, you may be getting like Virgo vibes from them, but you don't know, is that because they have a Virgo sun or because their chart ruler is a Virgo, but it would be, it's their specific, spe a specific way it works. It wouldn't be that they just have Pluto and Virgo in the ninth house, you know, that because Pluto is not a personal planet. So it's not really doing a whole lot. You're not really going to get a big Virgo energy from someone that only has that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the sun, you know, it like transits and stays in a sign every month. So everybody born under that sign is going to be that sign. And so it's not as personal as the moon or the rising sign which the moon changes signs every two and a half days so okay everybody you know the people born in virgo season with a scorpio moon it's only going to be people in those two and a half days mm -hmm. and then only every two hours does the rising sign change or every two hours the rising sign changes so that makes it even more personal and that sets up your whole chart mm -hmm. and so the more I've gotten into astrology, I th I think, and probably you as well, you pay more attention actually to the rising sign than you do the sun sign. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I have to remember, oh yeah, let me look at their sun sign again. Yeah. But I, especially I for like transits, for example, like I feel like a lot of people will try to read like horoscopes, right? They'll go by their sun sign. But really when you're talking about what's happening on the daily or like with a specific transit, you want to look at your rising sign because most astrologers will be sharing what's going on based on the rising sign. Right. Exactly. Because of yeah. the houses that are, it's set up. But, but in terms of being more specific to a person's personality, right. with the rising sign, you're still one of 12. You're still going to have everybody else around the world. You're going to have an equal number, basically, of people who share your rising sign versus your sun sign. Right, exactly. And so it's there's so many layers and elements to yeah. it. But, but the sun is, you know, what makes you feel satisfied in life. And it's your vitality. The moon is what makes you feel comfortable in life, you know, and it's who you are behind closed doors. Mm. And then your, your rising sign is kind of, they, some astrologers say it's the mask you wear. It's, it's kind of how you, it's your conditioning. It's, it's what you have learned to project when you interact with people because you want to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And it's, it has a lot to do with your childhood too. So it also describes your childhood as well. And, you know, each thing has a, a function. And so you you combine, okay, someone who has a Virgo rising or so myself, I have an Aquarius rising. Aquarius has to do with, you know, humanitarianism, freedom, <laughs> very future thinking, tech, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And so- Oh, that does describe a lot of 
things going on in my childhood. I was very, I felt like I had a lot of freedom or freedom was really important to me. Anybody stepping on my freedom, <laughs> you know, we ran into problems there. I spent a lot of time being very nerdy with video games and you know i was on prodigy chat <laughs> as soon as that started on dial up you know and it just it was a big part of my upbringing and yes that's just one layer and a lot of people can relate to that but that's why it's so important to look at the chart as a whole in order to get yeah. more individual uniqueness out of the chart rather than just looking at like one particular thing. Yeah. I always like to relate it to like a recipe, you know, like a lot of recipes have cheese in them, but yeah, yeah. this one's a taco and this one's That's a pizza, a <laughs> you know, I don't know. I like you that. Know. Well, I was really going to say, is there something in your chart that you really just feel like you connect with the most? And then something in your chart that, you know, stands out that has brought maybe this difficult energy with me or or with Scott? Well, I mean, well, I, I can't really answer, answer that. that. I, can, I, can, I can answer for you, Scott. Well, you should go, Sarah. You go and mention okay. your chart. Yeah. So I'm a, a Virgo sun, a Scorpio moon, Aquarius rising. And I think the more I've, I think when I was growing up, I really identified with Virgo traits because I only really knew about being a Virgo and you just kind of read the horoscopes and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, I suffer from perfectionism and I like to be very clean and organized and, you know, a lot of those Virgo traits. And it turns out I have actually a Virgo stellium. So, I mean, I, I was definitely, I'm definitely a lot of Virgo. So I do identify with that. But now that I've been studying astrology and I think about things in the context of my chart so much more, I identify actually a lot more with my Scorpio moon and my Aquarius rising <laughs> and maybe Virgo third now. And sometimes I don't know if it's my Scorpio moon or just my eighth house stellium, but I am like so in to obviously astrology, but like the paranormal, mm. I can't, I can't get enough alien content on TikTok. I love <laughs> I love listening. <laughs> my friends know how much I love listening to Sasquatch stories. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, I mean, I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love the deep mysteries of life and, you know, the, the occult and the taboos. And I'm just, oh, I'm wow. very curious, very interested in people and human behavior. And I will, I also have Pluto square Mars. <laughs> Mm. Uh, maybe speak to that a little bit but I tend to I tend to really go overboard when someone like sometimes on these Facebook groups people will ask just a simple question and the other day I I gave them I looked at like their chart I looked at their solar return I looked at their perfection year I looked at their human design and gave them a, like a, this long answer and they were like oh wow that was a lot of information <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Oh, I'm like kind of embarrassed now. I'm like, well, it's fascinating diving into someone, you know. You said so you were just did you say you were a five one? Yes, in human design. Yes, so am I. And let me tell you, the way that I go in depth with information is like overload because I can't <laughs> stop. I'm like, I gotta just give it all. I just gotta say it all and just like Oh yeah. I, I've def in depth research for like hours on what I'm passionate about. It's a problem. Yeah, I've definitely been known to overdo it. Someone might just, you know, 
some a friend texted me the other day what are my big three again and I tell them but then I give them like a whole like what why this is your big three and they they were just like yeah yeah yeah. I just wanted to know just wanted a quick answer (laughs) but that's something that's so relatable is going in-depth on information one of the reasons why I had to get off of Facebook is because I would get into these long threads of debating tax policy And who did it better in what year and on what metric are you judging this person and then going and finding fact checking and well, that's kind of right, but it's not really right. Here's the, you know, just that spending way too much time, which I can totally relate to Sarah responding to some strangers (laughs) request for information. And it's, it is, it's addictive. You just want to keep diving until you get like the full solution and then report back. Absolutely. And I swear the other person is not always receptive or appreciative of how much time you put into it. Oh, yeah. And I, and that definitely, I think, has some of your, that Scorpio third house coming into play there. What, Sarah, what would you say stands out to you most in Scott's chart that you think that he very much like represents? Oh, yeah, for sure. So Scott's a Virgo rising. So that makes Mercury his chart ruler. And it is in Aquarius conjunct his Aquarius Mars and so Mercury rules the mind it's how we think it's how we communicate and Mars can be very a little little contentious so people who have that Mercury conjunct Mars they often love debate Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and Aquarius Mercury and Aquarius is exalted there so it's it's someone who's extremely intelligent who's also really good at debate. And that is Scott. That is Scott. Scott is very like knows what's going on as far as like politics and the war in Russia. (laughs) Sorry, I spent all my time on astrology. Okay. (laughs) Well, astrology should tell you where the war is too, right? I know. I, I, the, the country name is escaping me. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine. Exactly. We're behind you, Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, l- listen, my head is full of like aliens and Sasquatch and astrology. <laughs> Sorry. I care about the world. I care about Ukraine, but uh, I did forget what the name of that country was. And we all um, have those moments. But that's why you have to have a Scott in your life, someone you can turn mm-hmm. to and be like, I trust the way that you take in and process information. And I know that you're full of information. Mm-hmm. So give me the cliff notes on what's happening in the news. You know, <laughs> like anytime I hear someone say something that I'm like, eh, I'm not too sure about that and or that person. So I talk to Scott and I'd be like, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, because he, he's you are very smart, Scott, and you are very well read and you know a lot about the world and what's going on. And so you're kind of my lifeline to uh, the normal world. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing about that, except when it comes to astrology. Exactly. That's where Scott's opinion is not holding irrelevant. very much. Irrelevant. Yeah, irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to that side, when it comes to aliens and Sasquatch and astrology, I should be your go-to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's like mutually beneficial. <laughs> well, my interest in like aliens and Sasquatch, it seems like I'm I gravitate towards what evidence is there or what's the likelihood that it does exist or that this happened um, versus... I think, Sarah, you're drawn to the what if, let's just explore living in a world where this is true. Mm. And there is Sasquatch. And let's hear people talk about their Sasquatch stories and what he looks like. 
where she looks like I will say really Scott, like I, I can get on board with you a little bit because nowadays with the way that technology is when I come across the videos I'm so skeptical to believe them because I know how easily like things can get edited and skewed and so that's where my skepticism comes in when I like when I see things on TikTok I'm like is this really like UFOs or is this like an edited thing oh I totally wish, you know like I wish I could just be more trusting when it comes to that stuff and I don't know why I trust in the stars so much uh like why I draw the line there but yeah it's it's interesting well, the stars I, I, are so agreeable they never tell just like my stars were telling me i'm smart and i'm good at debate so like i'm not disagreeing with the they stars this is... some pretty nasty things too i won't i won't you know just it, sugarcoat things they don't tell me that i'm good at debate and i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i bet i could find a way that's what i'm fascinated with in astrology too is there are so many different placement combinations that can paint the same picture like and you guys were talking about how when you're looking at the two charts and trying to pick, match it to one of our guests is, oh, well, it could be this over here or that personality trait could be this over here. We don't know which one it is because there's multiple ways that that can show up in your chart. And so we're all more similar than we really think. Yeah. Hmm. At the end of the day, everybody the day. could relate to anybody's chart. And Sarah, <laughs> I could find a way that you're good at debate in your chart. Well, it all comes back to Neptune. If you look at <laughs> Neptune's what? placement. Neptune? Yep. I Look, I read charts differently <laughs> than you guys. I respect the way that you read them, but... Listen, I'm, I'm, my listen, own. Neptune is impacting my Mercury, and that is the problem. That so is I'm the not problem. Gonna... <laughs> Nailed it. I'm just no. saying. No, I, she's not good at debating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And my my chart will tell you that I am non-confrontational and like to sidestep things unless you come at me and I will be very defensive. <laughs> See, and I relate to that, though. I feel like I'm non-confrontational. I don't like confrontation. I like exploration yeah. and discussion. But when people are actually confronting me, I do get very nervous and anxious and my heart rate goes up and I think, ooh, I'm uncomfortable right now. Well, I guess when I say confrontation, I mean, I am not one to necessarily disagree with someone when they make a statement. You know, I, I try to try to find ways to make them feel validated and, and I'm like, agree with them, you know, or or if I really wholeheartedly disagree, it's it's harder for me to speak up about it, you know, because I don't like conflict of any kind. But what I admire about you, Scott, and I know you don't you don't like conflict either, but you don't always let things slide. Like if somebody said, you know, they felt I'm not going to bring up like masking and stuff, but you know, in, in that realm, like you would, you would speak up if, if someone, if you didn't just, if you didn't agree with someone, you would speak up, but you have a really diplomatic way of doing it. And I just struggle because I'm in my mind, I'm like immediately defensive maybe, or like perturbed. And I don't have a, I'm like, there's no way I have the energy to like filter this into a nice way. So <laughs> I'm just gonna just pol be polite. <laughs> well, I think we've gotten better. I've gotten better at that through doing this podcast. I think Sarah too, of talking to somebody who does not share your beliefs on this subject. Sarah and I get along on a million things, but it is fun to sit down and really focus on an area of disagreement. Yeah. And, and it, I think it brings you closer in a way because you're kind of like you're more 
apt to be curious about why they believe what they believe in an empathetic way, I think, more so than when a stranger says something online and you just say, that's wrong, bye-bye, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> do that. Yeah, yeah. because I was going to say, I really wish there were more people in this world who could debate in a more compassionate, like, empathetic way because there are so many people online who can be really harsh and it's just like, wow, you're really, like, headstrong on your opinion, it's almost like you have no, I don't know, where's the balance? Like, where is the, can you see it just a little bit from my point of view? Just a little bit, you know, but that's a whole other thing. That's definitely something I have to consciously work at is, uh, especially like online, you know, not coming off condescending or, you know, and I don't think I necessarily do, but it's just like, I do really have to think about how is this going to be received? Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's the thing too, right? When you're like writing something, it can be taken out of context. Yeah. As opposed to sure. when you're having like a conversation. Yeah. I definitely, one thing I've learned, especially like through astrology in my chart. And so I have cancer Mars, if you couldn't tell <laughs> what I was alluding to earlier. Um, So I, I do get really defensive about things that I'm protective of like astrology mm-hmm. <laughs> or my intellect, you know, or like or myself or my home, you know, I'm probably one of the nicest people that you will meet. And I, and I try to be so nice to people, but I had some issues with the last apartment complex that I was living with and they raised my rent $300 and I came for them, <laughs> you know, like, I, but of course, in a scathing email. So, <laughs> and then I realized later, I was like, you know, I probably, when I get that way, I, you know, when I have that reaction, I should probably just wait, you know, five hours or something before, <laughs> wait, I, fi- hours. before I fire off like a nasty email. Like, I can, you know, like relate to that so much because I have my Sagittarius Mars and I have all of this Sag energy which can be really impulsive and I've had I just had a similar experience where I got an unexpected bill from one of my uh, procedures that I had done when they told me it was going to be you know a set price and to pay it then so I did and then like a couple weeks later I get this bill for over a thousand dollars and I'm just like you did not tell me that I was going to owe this and so I had to pause before I, I still haven't called them about it because I knew that if I did I would just you know be mad so they didn't I was like no I can't call them yet I'm gonna wait yeah I I don't know where my placement is that would describe that feeling but I also feel that way sometimes and I'm sure it's somewhere in the chart but even today I was getting the screen door replaced and I went to buy to pick it up and I couldn't fit it in my car I told him so I walked all the way to the screen door place and I was like actually ran over there I was like thinking I'm gonna do my exercise I'll grab the screen door and walk it back to my house and I get it back here and it's the wrong size no and so I go back to the screen door place and they're like oh yeah yeah we need to cut it and I was like well also it didn't look great I mean like it's not exactly what I was expecting and there's like no return policy on this he's like no no we already cut it um but it'll be it'll be ready by the end of the day and I mean, to their credit, they did finish it. I got it back here. It was backwards. I had to go back to the screen door. And I was just, oh, my gosh. But I'm trying. I did not blow up at them, but I definitely gave them attitude. And I thought, (laughs) oh, this will be a strongly worded Google review. (laughs) 
I, I think that's a good distinction. I do think that you can have attitude with people when you're moody, but I've never seen you just like snap at someone and fire off a nasty email, you know, like <laughs> I, I've never seen you just snap, especially like I, I know some people who have short fuses and I don't think you're one of them. I internalize it, I think. I'll snap just to myself and I'll think, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of editing we do on this podcast, but screw that person. Um, but outside, I'm like, okay, okay. That's what you want to do? Okay, okay, it's fine. <laughs> I, won't, I mean, I'm not saying it's fine. I, I would raise the issue, but I think when you fire off something, then suddenly you're, you become the bad guy. You know, then you're kind of, you have something to account, to answer for. Mm. So oh, yeah. very conscious of trying to not flip it back where maybe I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's so true. And I that's something I need to like, it's not often that I get that intense rage, but you know, when I, I feel like my sense of security is threatened, like when they raised my rent $300 and just surprised me with that, it, it was like someone, you know, and, and cancer rules the home. So it's like <laughs> having cancer Mars. I just, uh, I totally snapped at them a couple of times on a couple of different occasions. And I'm just, it's really not my nature to do that, but I just felt threatened and immediately I was just so angry and yeah, I, like wrote them an all caps type email <laughs> <laughs> all caps yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so um but but i'm learning yeah to take a beat and not do that because i will regret it mm. and i did regret doing that because <laughs> one of the times that i got upset with them it was my mistake. Oops. <laughs> yeah i i was misinformed about something and um I wrote them a very angry email and instead of apologizing, I just went away. <laughs> um, I kind of ran from it. Yeah. Uh, that's where that like non-confrontational energy comes yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> well, before we end this, I think the last question I really wanted to ask you was for Sarah, because I'm assuming that Scott, you probably might not know this, but was there any transits that really stood out to you where something like major or impactful happened during that transit that really was like, wow, that's crazy that that happened during that transit? Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I got, what is that company? Sorry, I'm like forgetting. Um, Honeycomb. They make like a, what do you call it? Like a personalized almanac or something. Um, yeah. And so you can, it'll show you the transits that are happening that day, plus the ones that are actually impacting your chart. And I've started trying to make notations about them so that I can remember and, and start having like a catalog. It, it's kind oh, of a discipline. So I like that. A specific transit is not necessarily coming to mind, but I, I, I think I've been thinking a lot about perfection years, mm. um, and so I just got done with an eight house perfection year and a perfection year. If, if somebody listening doesn't know what that is, it's just basically like each year of your life, you are, your life theme kind of centers around the topics of, you know, a particular house. And so, yeah, I just got done with an eighth house year and I was really like tracking a lot of stuff going on in it. And the eighth house, you know, one of the big topics is death. And so I, I was, I try not to get myself too neurotic and paranoid. I'm like, I don't want anyone to die. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, th there was 
my previous eighth house year, I believe uh, my dog died and that was really hard. Mm -hmm. So I was really praying. I was like, I hope so. Nobody died, fortunately, um, that, that I was very close to, but I got really into a podcast about near death experiences and just started binging it like crazy. And I, I, I just kind of in, you just do these things. And then in hindsight, you're like, oh my God, that totally yeah fits with the theme and so death was definitely on my mind that year okay one one trans that did come to mind so when so i i'm an aquarius rising and so when saturn was going through my first house a couple years ago saturn can be reconstruction you know it's a it's the bones in the body so structures i had to get three massive surgeries (laughs) reconstructing my hip Wow. Yeah. So much sense. Yeah. So, um, I, I have rheumatoid arthritis. I had a hip replacement when I was in college and they last about 20 years, or at least they did then. And so during Saturn transiting my first house, which represents a body Saturn bringing some complications or wanting to restructure things. Yeah. I had to get my, my hip replacement replaced again and I it it, they were having complications and so I had to get it done two more times they actually had to like recreate use a 3d printer to recreate part of my pelvis to I mean it was very like elaborate and now when I go back and look at the charts man I want to learn electional astrology because one of those surgeries that you know was a Mars retrograde (laughs) so Mars ruling surgery and surgeons when it's retrograde you don't necessarily want to run out and go get Mm -hmm. an elective surgery so um I have a story after you finish yeah, that that was pretty much it. So that that was kind of hellish to live through. Oh, but yeah, now, so. after three surgeries, and I have to look back and see if like Saturn retrograding, you know, going back and forth or anything like that had, you know, to do with the timing mm-hmm. there uh, more specifically. But yeah, I, and I know other Aquarius risings who had some health issues during that time as well. So well, I had a friend recently during the Venus retrograde, she had some cosmetic surgery done that she needed. And after it was done, it all went south. Like she got an infection from it and like all of these things and it really like messed with her. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's terrible. I have I uh one time I got my hair colored and it turned out awful. And so <laughs> Recently, I looked back at the transit dates and I was like, was that a Venus retrograde? <laughs> sure enough, it was. Oh, no. And and I was in a first house year where you're wanting to change your appearance oh. and everything. And so when Venus finally went direct again, I got it corrected to be better. But um, it is funny how that happens. Right. And I think the one other transit that like happened in my own life that I was like, really like, whoa, about when I first started like learning about astrology and started looking back at, you know old times in my life that were impactful when my parents got divorced. So me, my brother and my dad were all Virgo rising. So we all look very much alike. And when Pluto was transiting in through our fourth house, 
And when it hit like my IC, my parents got divorced. And that's when I started having all of these like power struggles within my home and family life as a kid. And so when I learned about that, I was like, whoa, that's kind of spooky. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that's when I started moving. Like I moved, I think it was like 12 to 13 times within like a span of that entire like Pluto moving through my fourth house. Well, fortunately, it won't be back. <laughs> I know. I'm like, please stay far away. Thanks. I know it, it won't be able to come back, but yeah. in this lifetime, at least. But Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was intense. But honestly, this was so great. I'm so glad that you guys came on. This was a fun discussion. It and- really was. You know, before you head out, just let everybody know one last time where they can check out your podcast and connect with you on social media, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So our podcast, it's on all the podcast streaming platforms and you can go to our, or you can stream it from our website, astrodetectivespod.com. And uh, I will say, if you want to be a guest on the show and, you know, we don't know you, fortunately, you know, so I don't know your chart, you can email Scott at, um, Scott, what's the email address? astrodetectives at gmail.com there you go and um i'll set you up uh the less you know about astrology the better (laughs) (laughs) yeah we did have one guest one time two minutes in blurred out their sun signs That's such a bummer because that just ruins the experiment Uh, yeah but it was it was actually pretty funny but um and then i do astrology and human design readings um my website is mycosmiccoach.com. And yeah, that's And then if anybody me. wants uh, solar panels or a free <laughs> consultation for solar, you can just email me at scott.randall, that's R-A-N-D-A-L-L, at sunrun.com. <laughs> We're creating a planet run by the sun. Which is that. a very Aquarius. That is it. That is <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Mm-hmm.